0: live from the heartland and the crossroads of america it's tony Katz today the unemployment rate is 4.2 percent don't you think you should celebrate you should be out of your mind super duper excited except it doesn't make any sense It doesn't make any sense when you see that payrolls increased by 210,000 in the month of November, but expectations were 573,000. How do you miss by double, double on the jobs and have an unemployment rate that falls? How is that remotely possible? It's not doesn't make any sense whatsoever up is down left is a banana what in the world tony katz tony katz today good to be with you on facebook tony katz radio find everything at tony katz.com now joe biden spoke earlier today and well we, we, we we got it we covered it all i wanted you to hear what he had to say about the jobs report we're not talking about missing an expectation and we're not talking about a big miss missing by double where the hell are these people getting their money how do they put food on the table we've made this argument before let me make it again one of a couple things is happening either there is real movement in the cash economy so much so and in such absolutely great measure That they don't need what we would consider to be a regular job. They aren't looking like you and I may be looking. They're not doing it. They don't need any part of it. They've got an off-the-book something. Either that is happening or they're starving to death. They would rather starve to death than get a job because of a fear of COVID. Now, you tell me which one it is. So if I'm right that they're, ha- they're getting this employment in other ways, well, then maybe my concerns about the economy aren't that great. Or, 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 or they would be, you know, diminished. But it doesn't change the fact that inflation is real. It doesn't change the supply chain issues, etc. But what if they're getting their dollars not from some side gig, gig economy, some kind of cash hustle, which uh, I I ain't got nothing against cash hustle, kid. Uh, Just so we're all clear, everybody. uh, uh, Tony loves himself some cash hustle. You know, Ari's uh, name on Tinder is cash hustle. And grinder. Well, it just got weird. But what if they're not having to go back to work because there's still a government program out there somehow somewhere that's giving them just enough to engage that subsistence farming they don't go back to work if you talk to small businesses they're still unable to hire they don't have people the amount of times i get told by small business owners in 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 central indiana 13 people apply for the job. Two people show up for the interview. That is standard operating procedure. It happens all of the time. That has been the conversation not going on for days, not going on for weeks, going on for months. I know a guy who who operates pizzerias. And uh, franchisees or, or managers will be like, uh, we, we can't open for lunch today. And there would have been a time where he would have been like, you're opening for lunch. What are you, out of your skull? Of course you're opening for lunch. This isn't an argument. We open for lunch. This is what we do. Now you know what the answer is? All right, don't open for lunch. What are they supposed to do? How are they supposed to operate? They can't. They can't do anything else. They have to go with this flow. Are the jobs out there? Hell yes, the jobs are out there. Well, people want higher-paying jobs. Fantastic, so do I. But you still need to be able to eat. So the argument of pay them more is the argument of how you compete for the workforce. What we are seeing from this number is that there ain't no freaking workforce. Now I will put forth to you, I can be proven wrong anytime. I can be proven wrong but have I said something that doesn't connect to the most rational among us or even to the irrational among us doesn't it just connect that it has to be one of two things going on either they're getting the money from the gig economy in a way that these reports don't show or they're getting their money from some government system somehow and they don't feel they have to go back to work they can just they can just get it through it's one or the other that's all there is this creates a tremendous problem and i think that the miss proves it the miss says a lot about how off-base the pros are. Let's go over this a little bit. My, my numbers are from CNBC, and these numbers can change throughout the day, but, but go with me. Non, non-farm payrolls increasing 210,000 in November, which you would argue normally is a, higher, uh, hi, is, is a larger hiring season because of part-time work for Christmas. The previous month was 546,000, and you know what we said? Good. We said Good. More jobs, the better. We don't need people not having jobs and somehow uh, think, well, it's good because it's bad for, for the guy in office we don't like. That's, that to me is, is, is pretty nuts. The expectation on Wall Street was 573,000. I have that right. It was 573,000. That's insane. That's insane. How do the experts miss not by a thousand, ten thousand, a hundred thousand? We would consider that to be a massive miss. They missed by 363,000. I put forth to you, they don't know what's going on either. None of this makes sense to them either they don't get it they don't see it they don't understand it they have no idea what's going on it doesn't make sense and that's my point it doesn't make sense and the only answers i can come to is exactly what i've given you exactly what i've shared with you it's the it's the only way it's it's the only way this actually comes together. So I, I I think I've I've covered it. Now the question is, what is Joe Biden going to say about it? They threw him. They threw him on. Like, All right, Joe Biden, you're going to tell us. You're going to tell us what's going on with this economy. So Joe Biden took to the microphone, and Joe Biden. He said this,
1: <clears throat> funding the government operations for the next few months, funding the government isn't a great achievement. <laughs> it's a bare minimum of what we need to get done. But in these times, a the bipartisan cooperation is worth recognition. So I want to thank Senators Schumer and McConnell and Speaker Pelosi for getting this done. And I want to thank a substantial bipartisan vote in the Senate for sending this bill to my desk today to avoid disruptions of the government operations. And I want to urge Congress to use the time this bill provides to work toward a bipartisan agreement on a full-year funding bill that makes the needed investments in our economy and our people, from public health to education to national security. Now, for today's news, every year, December brings the joys of the holiday season and gives us an opportunity to reflect on the year gone by and look ahead and begin to imagine the new year to come. This year, we can reflect on an extraordinary bit of progress. Our economy is markedly stronger than it was a year ago. And today, the incredible news that our unemployment rate has fallen to 4.2%. At this point in the year, we're looking at the sharpest one-year decline in unemployment ever. Simply put, America, America is back to work, and our jobs recovery is going very strong. Today's historic drop in unemployment rate includes dramatic improvements for workers who have often seen higher wages and higher levels of unemployment. Excuse me, higher levels of unemployment. They are receiving higher wages. And the rate of black and Hispanic unemployment is also dropping sharply. But that's not just jobs that are up. Wages are up, especially for hardworking Americans often ignored in the past and past recoveries. Workers in transportation and warehouses have seen their wages go up approximately 10% this year. Workers in hotels and restaurants have seen their wages go up 13% this year. And thanks to the American Rescue Plan, we've delivered significant tax cuts to families raising children. Tax cuts and raising wages for middle-class families mean that Americans, on average, have more in their pockets today than they did each, each, each month since we've been in office than they did last year after accounting for inflation. Let me repeat that. Even after accounting for rising prices, the typical American family has more money in their pockets than they did last year. In fact, we're the only leading economy in the world, where household income and the economy as a whole are stronger than they were before the pandemic. Applications for new small businesses are up 30 percent compared to before the pandemic. Thanks to the American Rescue Plan, we're cutting child poverty in America by more than 40 percent. And millions of children who spent last Christmas in poverty will not bear that burden this holiday season. today's news means that unemployment rate has now fallen by more than two percentage points since I took office. That's the fastest decline in a single year on record it's about three times faster than any other president in their first year in office. The number of people claiming unemployment has fallen from 18 million when I took office to 2 million this week, another record drop. We've also learned today that in November, 235,000 jobs were created in the private sector. And when they went back and recalibrated, they found the last two months, they found that job growth over the prior two months, September and October, Actually created eighty-two thousand more jobs than had previously been reported, which means that we've averaged nearly four hundred thousand new jobs a month over the last three months—a solid pace.
0: Now All I got to tell you guys—I mean, he's going to keep talking. It's not your radios. He has a cold or something, and people are like, oh, what's the something?" That is Joe Biden. But he's clearly got a cold, something going on there, for sure. Your radio's not crazy. It's him. And, oh, he's already into the nonsense. Let him keep talking. We'll, we'll cover it all. I
1: forward to a brighter, happier new year ahead, in my view. But I also know that despite this progress, families are anxious. They're anxious about COVID. They're anxious about the cost of living, the economy more broadly. They're still uncertain. I want you to know I hear you. It's not enough to know that we're making progress. You need to see it and feel it in your own lives, around the kitchen table, in your checkbooks. And that's why every day my team and I are working to deliver consistent, determined, focused action to overcome the challenges we still face. A chief among those challenges is COVID-19. Yesterday, I laid out key actions we're going to take this winter to fight this virus, to protect one another, to protect our economy and our economic recovery. They include... Number one, expanding our nationwide booster campaign with more outreach, more appointments, and more hours. I was thrilled to see that yesterday we had more vaccine shots administered than any day in the past six months. Number two, we're launching hundreds of new family vaccination clinics to make it easier for children, parents, the whole family to get vaccinated in one place and new policies to keep children in school instead of guarant- uh, quarantining them at home when someone in the class comes down with covid if they do thirdly making free at home tests more available than ever before by having them covered by our private health insurance plans the availability of community health centers and other sites for the uninsured will be the alternative as well so if you have insurance you're going to it will cover these these uh, tests And if you don't have insurance, we have facilities you can attend and get these tests. Increasing our surge response is the fourth thing, our surge response teams. They're made up of doctors and nurses and medical staff who go into communities with rising cases and provide the needed staff for overrun hospitals, for their emergency rooms, their intensive care units, to get help to them as they need it. And we're about tripling the number of those surge teams. Accelerate – fifth, we're accelerating our our efforts to vaccinate the rest of the world and strengthening international travel rules for people coming into the United States. This is a plan all Americans can rally behind, in my view. We're also addressing another concern for families – prices. Just about every country is grappling with high prices right now as they fight the pandemic. And as the world economy continues to come back to life – the more, the more price pressures are going to ease as things begin to move. But we're not sitting around waiting. In the meantime, I've used every tool available to address price increases, and it's beginning to work. Take gasoline and gas prices. Last week, I announced the largest ever release from the United States Strategic Petroleum Reserve to increase the supply of oil and help bring down prices. And I brought together other countries, India, Japan, the Republic of Korea, the United Kingdom, who all agreed, all agreed to join me in releasing additional oil from their reserves. And China, China may very do well, do do more as well. They haven't done it yet. This worldwide effort we're leading won't solve the problem of high gas prices overnight. But over the last month, likely due in part to the anticipation of this action, we've seen oil and gas prices out of the wells, oil and gas prices on the wholesale market come down significantly. Since the end of October- Wait a second. The average weekly price of gas- Hold on, put that up. Wholesale market, that's what you sell to the gas stations, has fallen around 10%, and that decline has picked up in recent days. That's a drop of about 25 cents
0: per D The DCCC put out a graph sharing it from the Federal Reserve about how gas prices have gone down two cents- What is he talking about? You know, it's one thing when they have a different view of the numbers than we do. It's another thing when they lie about it and they keep talking about how great and terrific the economy is doing because other nations are in. This spin on the jobs numbers is nuts. It's completely devoid of any kind of tethering to reality. But that's exactly what you get for this administration. Did you? Let's take a breath. I'll take a break. I'll explain more on the other side. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. Focused
1: action. We averted this potential crisis. I
0: got to tell you guys figuring out what needed to be If he thinks we averted any kind of crisis, he's he's absolutely positively laughable. But you didn't get to hear. The coughing, you didn't get to hear the um, inability to clear his throat. Joe Biden is sick. I'm saying he has a cold. I am not calling it COVID. I wouldn't be able to. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to diagnose. But anybody who tells me Joe Biden is fine right now is out of their heads. And it is not inspiring. It is flat out frightening. Frightening what it is we're seeing this is scary to a level and and may i say even more so because his commentaries about the economy are just it's radical it's radical and 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 insincere i'm more worried after hearing him than i was before it's not not even a question white house is going to take serious heat for this presentation keep it right here this is tony katz today i officially have to now declare that i no longer do stories about lebron james Cause it's it's getting weirder and stranger every second of the day. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's great to be with you. LeBron is now cleared from health and safety protocols because he's had a series of negative tests regarding COVID. It was the other day he had put out this tweet, something is real fishy going on. Cause he had tested positive for COVID. And people are like, Did you not know that you could get COVID if uh if you've vaccinated? Well, maybe that's not it at all. Maybe that's not what he was saying. He didn't think he had COVID. Maybe he just thought that the test result was odd and awkward. He was placed in the protocols on Tuesday, November 30th after a series of tests delivered conflicting results, including an initial, an, an initial positive that was collected on November 29th. In accordance with the protocols and the consistent testing practice that has been in place since the 2019-20 season, The sample that produced the initial positive test was rerun rerun twice and returned one negative and one positive result on two different PCR instruments. As a result, he went again, uh, underwent additional testing and it kept giving an inconclusive result. So maybe that's why he said this is fishy. Let's take a, just a moment to talk about why we have these tests whether they provide value and how scientists see it. So let's start with, with, with the end first. How do scientists see it? Scientists would rather have a false positive than a false negative. Follow me here. A false positive means that they go back and check again and then they can say, oh, no, you know what? That, that was a mistake, it's negative, you're fine, you're good. If it's a false negative, and you actually have something, COVID or something else that you may not want, a false negative can kill you. A false positive can inconvenience you. So if you think like a scientist, think like a doctor, just think about it in those terms. We can all be clear that false positives do exist, but a false positive is better than a false negative. Because a false negative gives you a sense of, of invulnerability invincibility you're like all right i was tested negative see you again next year doc and next year can be pretty dang bad so let's let's be clear we'd rather have a false positive than a false negative the constant testing i must tell you makes absolutely no sense at all the constant testing in the nba one can ask and should ask provides what value you test everyone in the nba every single day every single week every single hour however often you test all the people in the nba the question then becomes what is the value what do they get from being tested If they are all already vaccinated, and the vast majority certainly are because we know the players who are unable to play in certain places because they're not, the vast majority are, or at least saying they are, I mean, not everybody is Antonio Brown, wide receiver for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, suspended three games without pay because he lied about his vaccine status, and so did Mike Edwards. Also of the team. He was accused of acquiring a fake COVID vaccine card by his former personal chef. He's accepted the discipline and waived his right to appeal. How many more breaks is this guy going to get? Because... uh, I don't get to diagnose, just like I didn't diagnose Biden there. And I, we, we knew he had a cold. He didn't sound right. And it was Peter Doocy who asked uh, the, the, the question. Uh, first things, because Biden took questions. I was like, holy cow. This is like the second or third time in the last two weeks. He took question. He took a question on Russia, took a question on, uh, on supply chain. And the first thing Peter Doocy asked is that you don't sound the same. Are you okay? And his answer was, uh, I got a grandson who has a cold. He likes to kiss his pops. And some people are like, ew. And I'm like, dude, it's your grandkid. Your grandkid gives you a kiss. Your grandkid gives you a kiss. You ask a grandparent whether or not they want a hug and a kiss from their grandkid. I think the the weird response is the one who's like, ah, no, keep them away from me. But admittedly, if they have a cold, keep them away from the president of the United States. I think think that's a uh, more... uh, rational response so so biden did it did the presser and everything else and he has he has the cold uh not covid said not covid he's getting tested all the time if you want to tell me that the president's getting tested all the time okay i'm still going to ask the question of why just like i would ask it in the nfl although if you lie about your vaccine card okay you're gonna have to deal with the consequences why in the nba what what does the testing do well, it keeps people out so they won't be spreading things. That's, that's an illogical concept. And follow me here. Testing and testing and testing and testing. If we were to apply this to, to schools, for example, we'd be making a grave mistake by saying that we should take kids... And test them all the time and the ones who test positive we should take them out of schools this was Joe Biden discussing this just yesterday
1: around that point vaccinating our children is also critical to keeping our schools open but while over 99% of our schools are open now we need to make sure that we keep that throughout the winter this winter The CDC is now reviewing pioneering approaches like, we call test to stay, test to stay policies, which could allow students to stay in a classroom and be tested frequently when a positive case in that classroom popped up that wasn't them.
0: Schools are not super spreader events. Schools are safe for kids. Teachers are not getting COVID in greater measure when they're in schools. This is silliness. Test to stay will eventually become vaccine or leave. Unbelievably dangerous stuff. Incredibly dangerous stuff. The testing doesn't matter. Now, I should be clear. Maybe somebody wants to know. Maybe you do want to separate that person out. Maybe when you're dealing with millions, nay, billions of dollars, you go the extra mile. Maybe there's a difference. Maybe there's a difference between what the NBA does and what our schools do and i think we would be at least rational people uh, to to accept that there's a there's a possibility of a difference there is a possibility of a difference and if i'm going to give it the possibility it's that one is a private enterprise and one is absolutely screwing with the lives and livelihoods of our kids their futures have been absolutely radically impacted incredible Massive damage has been done. It's not even deniable. And when I hear this from Joe Biden, I uh, I worry. Now, we need to make sure that we keep
1: that throughout the winter, this winter. The CDC is now reviewing pioneering approaches like, we call test to stay test to stay policies which could allow students to stay in a classroom and be tested frequently when a positive case in that classroom popped up that wasn't
0: them it wouldn't matter if a case popped up their kids they all handle it they all handle it we're not testing kids every week for the flu every day for the flu this is silly Just like it's silly to demand kids get vaccinated. I want to be on the record. The United States is wrong. The idea that kids have to be vaccinated is an incredibly horrific position. They're kids. They don't have to be vaccinated. They beat covid Time and time and time and time again, forced vaccination of children has got to be one of the most evil concepts I can begin to come up with, to expand on, to 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 deliver. It really does. It, it, it freaks me out the more i think about childhood vaccinations we uh and 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 what we vaccinate for i'm not opposed to vaccines i have had questions about you know the delivery of the vaccines and even with my own children we spread them out a little bit more we didn't go by what the 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 standard was we went with to our doctor and said we think this is too much to put into a child at this time we'd like to spread them out you know what our doctor said okay uh, let's see. Let's do this here and this here and this here, and we we created a, a chart, and we're like, okay, perfect. Doctor didn't even think we were crazy. We're like, no, no, th- that's that's not a not, not a bad thought. There is a lot happening, and this way you can kind of see what's going on w- with each vaccination. That's the way we did it. This is well before anybody decided. Oh, you don't want a vaccine? Clearly, you're going to you want your children to die. And this is not an anti-vax conversation because I am not an anti-vax person. But you don't have enough data on kids and this vaccine to fill a thimble, and you want me to just put my kid there and be like, "Okay, there are some doctors who are like, well, we won't know if it works until we vaccinate people. That's just the way it goes. That's not science. Find people who are willing to do it and then study them against the control group. That would be a little bit more like science." Rational, 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 rational thinking, which a lot of these people don't have. Like, for example, the White House, when they want to get into this idea of vaccinating children at all. European nations are like, we don't think this is going to work. And I hate to compare myself to a European nation only because they're European nations. It's fear that's driving this, not science. And they're trying to use it now in the school conversation. When the NBA, when the NFL does it, they're trying in some way to protect billions. All right, man, you do you. It's your, it's your business, not mine. I don't care if LeBron is vaccinated or not. I don't care if Antonio Brown is vaccinated or not. These guys have nothing to do with my life. When you start saying your kid has to be vaccinated if they can't, or, or they can't go to school, I say to you, they ain't going to school. Oh, don't worry. I have no faith in these people. They'll find some other way to, to to come after me. Oh, you don't send your kids to school? Well, now we don't know if they're safe at home. That's not Slippery Slope. That's a history book. All of the history books, mind you. I've got more to get to. I'm Tony Katz. He got that boyish look that I like in a man. I am an architect, I'm drawing up the plants. It's like I'm 17, nobody understands No one understands So Congress averts the shutdown They have approved funding that goes into February Very exciting stuff Can't get myself worked up about that And Joe Biden took to the podium with his brand new voice He has a cold <laughs> He, he he, he sounded low and slow. And he wants you to know the unemployment rate has dropped and everything's wonderful.
1: Begin to imagine the new year to come. This year, we can reflect on an extraordinary bit of progress. Our economy is markedly stronger than it was a year ago. And today, the incredible news that our unemployment rate has fallen to 4.2%. At this point in the year, we're looking at the sharpest one-year decline in unemployment ever. Simply put, America. America's back to work.
0: Uh, You had a uh, job growth. The jobs numbers, 210,000 increase in payrolls, uh, and you were expecting 573,000. I don't know if America's back at work. The unemployment rate may have gone down from 4.6 to 4.2, but... If you take people off the rolls because they've stopped looking or they haven't found anything or haven't taken anything because they're getting money from some other source, you don't have it all squared away. You don't have it all squared away. Stop. Stop Stop lying to yourself. Stop lying to others. Downright silly. Downright silly. I mean, that's just one of the things that went on today. Uh, This was, uh, I think, some of my some of my greatest uh, audio of the day it's uh, representative tim ryan of ohio going nuts because republicans are opposed to uh pre-k universal pre-kindergarten that's been our greatest weapon our greatest strength has been, we reinvested into the United States. We reinvested into our communities. We invested in the technology. And we dominated the industry, steel, glass, aerospace. And now we're hearing from the other side, shut government down, don't do anything. We don't want to be an honest broker. Tyranny, what are you people talking about? We're talking about universal preschool. And they have it as a communist indoctrination of the American uh, student it's insane no it's not what's insane is screaming like a hyena demanding pre-k universal pre-k when you then tell us we don't get a say in what our kids get taught that's insane and the parents have said no and they really don't care if you like them they don't care if you're happy about it it doesn't matter to them I, I, I'm a parent. Doesn't matter to me. Doesn't matter to me at all, and in any single way. What you think of it, whether whether or not you're happy with it. Do I oppose universal pre-K? I don't know. There are arguments that you start kids earlier, and uh, it. it it, it makes for a a, a, a better kid um, in terms of uh, how, how they do in school. But you take a look at how the schools are doing and you're like, mm. <laughs> eh, yeah. And if you were going to do just a bill on pre-K, why don't you just do a bill on pre-K? How many other things did you tie it in with? Representative Ryan, he likes to yell. He likes to scream. Madness. Madness. Guys, You need to go have yourself a bourbon. Oh, yeah, and the book. The book will be available. Let's go bourbon. It's going to be available. Look for it Monday at com. I'm pretty excited. I'm Tony Katz. Monday, everyone.